Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. You've made it halfway through your week, which means it's time for another episode of the E-League Report, the best damn eSports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Sven, and we're broadcasting live from deep within the heart of Norway. <laughs> Sven, Sven reporting for duty. Uh, you were supposed to practice your Norwegian I, accent. Oh, I was? I, no, it's not that. The fact I have any voice is probably, a, a, I don't know, a bonus and detriment, I guess. So to explain the joke, there was uh, something going on uh, at E-League and, and uh, throughout this week, and uh, I was re- re- repeatedly referred to as Sven, which happens quite often, more often than you think. Uh, someone who, again, I was recently moved, someone showed up my place and asked for Steven. I'm like, no, it's, it's Seven. He goes, oh, I thought you just spelled your name without incorrectly. I'm like, nope, nope, it's Seven. It's Seven. Well, <laughs> it Sven, I'm glad you're along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about the little trick you tried to pull earlier tonight where the heat went out? No, <laughs> I don't quotes. want to talk about <laughs> The heat goes out. We show up to record in the studio. Oh, it just keeps getting colder and colder and colder. And good old Brian, I think I think it must have been a hiccup. It must have been something uh, that got you going from last week, man. Uh, I think you were just trying to snuggle, turn the heat off. Oh, the, heat, the heat just magically stopped working. Hey, you know this is how dedicated I am to getting this damn show done. I like on the fly rewired my thermostat so that we could do this show. Yeah, I think you took the lie, the extra step once you got called out on it. I was, I was like, no, no, here, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Jesus Christ. So this week, Toronto takes the Toronto out of esports. NBA 2K League suffers its first suspension. Artifact makes its broadcast debut. And evil geniuses continue their not-so-Cinderella run. But first, Ninja says he's sorry. He's sorry, Seven. (laughs) So apparently an incident started uh, earlier this week when Ninja was streaming Fortnite and was killed by a player called Icy5 during the match. After Ninja was taken down, his teammate Dr. Lupo said, watch for the emote. And sure enough, shortly after these words were said, Icy5 did a dance emote. Ninja immediately reported Icy5 for stream sniping. Uh, Turns out he wasn't stream sniping it's pretty common for people just to emote after anyways like i don't know how like you could say wait for him to dance or do whatever like it just always happens right um so yeah is is this i mean like so there's like this big uproar it's obviously ninja he wants the guy banned people you know streamers struggle with this a lot is this something that should be a bannable offense i mean there is you are putting yourself out there but i don't even know how you prove this necessarily so this is something that uh, some d- game development companies are, are trying to actively work around um, because when you, we are now in the era of, of Twitch and, and people are streaming there and you're able to determine where they are. And some of these things like Battle Royale, as common as it is, knowing where someone is kind of hiding out or what their plan is or what, uh, what their angle of attack is, it gives you an advantage. And uh, Twitch is... Uh, historically been trying to decrease that latency so you're more alive um before you may be like a minute or so behind and that's a a problem but i think stream sniping in general 
isn't and shouldn't be a bannable offense. I think there are certain ways in which you can determine. I don't, and it's it's hard to prove, right? But I, I don't know if it's technically bannable. I, I get that it's against some terms of service in terms of like causing a problem within or the detriment of, of gameplay or the decrease in gameplay across the board. Um, it's tied to an outside service. Like who bans them? Right? Does Fortnite and Epic ban them? Does Twitch ban them? Like it. Well, where I was going, I was trying to go with it, uh, but I don't even know if I'm making sense. It's been a day. Uh, is that some some developers are actively making changes to their UI and how information is, is presented to not give away like server location or where you may be. Uh, I think Daisy ran into this problem a long time ago, and uh, because it was you invest a lot of time, more time than a battle royale mode, right? Uh, you invest a lot of time building up your character than have someone just stream snipe, snipe you or, or hack or whatever it may be. But they know where you are based on, say, uh, you know, typing something into chat, right? So they allow It'll show people to stream your height. Yeah, so you can see that. Uh, there was a thing even um, uh, PlayerUnknown's Battleground had a thing where people were driving around honking horns constantly so they could figure out where it, if they're on the same server as someone else. So it just these ways, Lord. they're always going to find a way, right? And and so you right. can't just take away the horn ability, right, for vehicles or whatever. Uh, so don't take my horns. I, I think the thing is, is like if you're able to track essentially where if people are constantly banning someone or constantly winning against someone or constantly killing someone, uh, then uh, maybe it is something that is a bannable offense because you're essentially ruining gameplay for other people i I agree that it's unfair i I definitely think it's unfair but i don't know how exactly you enforce it i i i don't know so you have to tie twitch evidence to well i mean there have been instances where people are able to prove it but i don't know if anybody ever actually gets banned for it uh because it is your choice to stream right and so whatever it may be uh speaking of choices well uh the dallas fuels timu uh, says there's like 20 or so, and that was air quotes, uh, in Overwatch League, 20 or so players in Overwatch League who use Adderall. So reports from other esports games and anecdotes from players say that Adderall and amphetamine usage is high among players in the FPS esports games, which that does make sense that that would be a a, a choice that they would make. Uh, not necessarily saying it's a good choice, but it is it's probably the, one of the more likely made an groups. adult decision. Correct. So the Overwatch League, unlike other esports leagues, they actually don't do drug testing. Um, so Nate Nanzer says they have yet to see any scientific report or studies uh, that say that there's any substance that makes you better at playing video games. This is weird, right? Like, you of all the things that Overwatch League has kind of glommed onto and maybe chose to ban and take care of and, and, and enforce on their players, Shouldergate. There, there is, there's nothing. Like, there's no drug and alcohol policy in line for Overwatch League, don't you think there should be? Of course there should be. This is stupid. Nate Nanzer saying, oh, well, there's no evidence out there that says that this any drugs make it better. Great, so I can, like, do crack? Because think about this. When you talk about, like, the substance abuse policy... I don't know if crack would actually help you at all, but that's... No, but, I mean, the, the point being is it's there is an element to it that is trying to protect the integrity of the sport, and I get that. I do think there actually is... A decent amount of evidence, while maybe not specifically tied to video games, that shows that Adderall gives you a specific advantage in thought processing and focus and things of that nature. Right. But I also think not having a drug policy in general is 
a big thing because if you look at like the NFL, for example, right? Some of the things, oftentimes, some of the things that people get pinged for are not because they're taking steroids or some sort of performance-enhancing drug. They're doing marijuana because they're doing CBD for pain management or cocaine or things of that nature that are protecting the players from themselves. And I think if there's one thing the Overwatch League has proven to us in this past season (laughs) is that the players need protected from themselves in a lot of ways. And it is absurd to me the links they will go to with, like, Shouldergate, for example, to, you know, make sure that everybody's protected when when they're worried about their image. But what happens if we find out that like all this time like flowers actually only been good at the game because he like snorts a lot of cocaine before he goes and plays Widowmaker, and that gets out the league looks bad performance yeah. evidence of performance enhancing or not that is stupid and there's not really a whole lot i can't think of a good reason not to do it it's not that cost prohibitive there's organizations you can go and get to do this for you the wwe which is also technically not a sport has the same governing body doing their drug test like the Olympics do. So there's no reason why Blizzard can't engage one of those bodies and have them run a random drug testing program, and I think they should. So do you think this is more of a neglect thing from Overwatch League, uh, or is it more of an oversight? Like they just they weren't thinking, they haven't added this in there. Which, which which do you think it is? At this stage, they've had time, so I don't think it's an oversight thing anymore. Like I would have liked to see the response to this be, we are working on a drug policy and we will have an answer for this soon. I think flat out saying it's not necessary is far more dangerous than if you would yeah. just admit we've screwed up and we'll get something in place. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I think stating that there's no report studies that show that there's substance abuse uh uh, makes you better at playing or substances make you better at playing video game i don't know man those gutter glasses they should be banned as well right they should i'm just right. uh, i'm able to see without the blue light there you go <laughs> oh man moving on so at TwitchCon, twitch rivals was announced uh, there was going to be an expansion of twitch rivals so twitch rivals were responsible for hosting 55 events featuring a combined five million dollars worth of prizing last year two million of which was from the Fortnite summer skirmishes next year the platform plans to expand the series to include 128 yet to be announced events and expand the breadth of game genres that are involved what do you think about twitch rivals so this is something we've talked along in the same lines of what's the the event that amazon has running the mobile masters tournaments do you think that this is a good thing for twitch and that they are and it's going to be generally good for esports or do you think this is like a distraction and something that we shouldn't be necessarily having twitch be involved in a couple of points here so while i was at amazon um i could actually i was in touch with some of the esports people and can see how they were making a decent amount of money off the the Amazon the mobile master stuff, uh, and they and how they were judging their engagements. Now, um, Amazon obviously owns Twitch. That's not new news. Uh, and so Twitch is obviously if they're doubling down on the number of tournaments, they're seeing some kind of uh, uptick, or they're seeing uh, a, a gap that they're able to fill by having these tournaments, right? And I've historically uh, said that. More money flowing into esports and more tournaments is a good thing. More options for players to find way to make money, mm-hmm. especially in areas like the FGC, um, is is great because we want to see players be able to uh, turn esports into a career and be able to attend a di- more tournaments because they have that funding and see more esports leagues uh, or, or teams thrive because they have more opportunity. And so them doubling down on it, 
I think is great. I'm, my hope is they're not doubling down on it and that extra money is it really just Fortnite money. Uh, Which it could be. It very well could be. Uh, I, I'm hoping that's not the case. Is it bad for esports? I think with the Twitch rivals, they've they've changed up genres. They've changed up games. It's not like uh, what Hearthstone has done last year, which is basically a tournament every weekend. So you kind of just feel like, I don't know why any of these mean something. Right. Um, so there's an oversaturation if it's of a specific type of game. But if it's changing up or um, there are different genres, I think that's a that's a good thing to have. It provides opportunity where there might not be. It's not like it's another CS:GO tournament in the you know making an already overbloated season add more things to it. That tends to be more obscure games or games that are more like single player focused, where the people are not necessarily in a tournament every weekend. The FGC right. was a good example. You know, Rocket League, lots of mobile games. So I think in general it's good. And to be fair, most of the broadcast deals and franchising that's going on in esports now is going to block Twitch out of of getting involved in any of the games where i think it would have any significant impact yeah i mean early on they tried to lock in games right for broadcast deals yeah, this alone. is what we saw with like vainglory for example right right and so this is maybe uh an extension of that not normally happening um so i i think it's a good thing overall yeah all right so moving along uh, let's talk about the boston uprisings overwatch league academy team toronto esports which you mentioned at the top of the show is being forced to change their name so Essentially, what happened is a representative from Toronto Esports tweeted that last night the organization uh, will be exiting Overwatch immediately. Good riddance is what he mentioned in a tweet. He, he forgot to mention this to the players, by the way. Oh, is it it's the players? No, no. He did not mention to oh. the players that this was happening. Oh, really? I yes. did not catch that yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah so uh, is, is this to Fran? you sure it's not him? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. He, he's, he's busy throwing games right now. Fran, he's back. Anyways, uh, so... Uh, also mentions says we have been informed by Blizzard that we will be forced to remove Toronto from our brand in only six weeks, uh, and that the mid contenders season three team uh, cited that uh, it was the Toronto Defiant have purchased exclusive naming rights. So this is similar along the lines of what we we saw with uh, the United Hearthstone League having to take League out of their their name, yeah. not necessarily because a team has taken the word League, but Blizzard wants to reserve the the rights for that that term. This is a little different, though, in the sense that it's a team that says, we want to be the only people named Toronto. That's... Uh, I, I don't so know. I, so I, I get... So logistically, I understand what is going on here, which is you have this weird situation where the Boston Uprisings Academy team is Toronto Esports. It's run by... An, organ, an outside organization. It is branded as an outside organization. It is confusing to have a Toronto esports organization in contenders that is not associated with the Toronto Defiant. And I imagine that Toronto wants to have a contenders team. We talked about this when they revamped contenders, that right. they were going to go through and give most of the North American teams, especially, a chance to put a team into contenders. So that makes perfect sense. I think the way that Blizzard goes about it at least the way it's represented here um, is a little bit off, right? It's this whole, like, territorial, Toronto owns the name Toronto, and you could just say, hey, it's causing some confusion. Why don't you be Boston Esports or something of that nature? And what is weird about this scenario is, in the end, the owner of Toronto Esports is the only person out in the cold. The Uprising own the rights to the contender slot and the player and staff contracts. So they basically own everything but the branding. So everybody sticks around. This dude goes away with his tail between his legs. And then, wow. you know, the uprising are just going to make Uprising Academy or something of that nature. So you basically just like 
lost himself the ability to run a contender team. Now, he retroactively goes back and says that it's not just about this move, but it is a larger protest against the changes that we talked about a couple weeks ago that they brought to contenders. And he says that's the actual reason why he's backing out, and this is just a convenient reason to tell them to piss off. See, I think there's a, a lot of knee-jerk reaction to to when Blizzard has stepped in. I, I feel like how um, UHL handled things was poor. Um, I, I don't like the verbiage that was used around the, the tweets and, and so on and so it, it forth. It takes what should yes. be a, a valid issue and makes it petulant. Right, right. And so I think with this, it, it's not it's not something it, – it's a little bit of an overreaction. I think you could have found another way to rebrand. Um, I don't think Toronto Esports is such a strong brand right. that you're going to take a huge hit by doing it. It, it just reminds me about uh, about the time, like, I think it was Kentucky, the state of Kentucky, what passed a law where they would actually, you had to pay a, a fee to use the word Kentucky in your business name. This is why Kentucky Fried Chicken University switched over to just KFC and took the word Kentucky out so of their business stupid. because they would have to pay a tax uh, or a fee based on the amount of money their business made because they used the word Kentucky in it. And this is kind of the same thing, except it's not the city of Toronto. It's a, another team within this league that says, we don't want anybody else to be able to use our city name. I get it. I get it. From There, there might be some confusion. Like I would have assumed that a Toronto esports team was Associated in line with, with the Either like the parent company or the – yeah, yeah. Right, right. The, or the, the – the Toronto, I don't know, we fall in line, not necessarily the defiant people, but like... <laughs> <laughs> They're the opposite of the rogues. Yeah, and his reasoning, so Ryan Pallet, who's the uh, president of Toronto Esports, says, we support an open and fully inclusive talent development ecosystem. We feel Blizzard's recent changes to Overwatch contenders go against those values and create barriers for young players, managers, and coaches to find a path towards the top. It's like... Okay, now you get on your soapbox because they took the name away. <laughs> Maybe you should, yeah. if you really wanted to make a point, you should have done this prior to them taking Toronto away from you. But it's, I don't know, it is what it is. Uh, in the NBA 2K League, which we do not talk about enough, an interesting thing happened this past week. So Boo Painter, who has been a fairly visible part of the 2K League, he plays for the Washington franchise. He also has this notorious story because he was actually a State Department employee who quit his day job to pay, play 2K League. He was an MVP candidate this year. He also won play of the year, has been banned permanently from 2K Ouch. League, which is crazy. Now, what is interesting is, is he violated a code of conduct. and We've known for a while that this code of conduct existed. What we did not know and still do not know is what is in that code of conduct and specifically why he was let go. So was he let go for a reason they don't want us to know, either because it's politically troubling or because it's going to expose their code of conduct? Like, what's the reason to have this guy go out the door, not make this code of conduct public, and not tell you why he's no longer in, allowed to play in the league? Uh, they've seen how Overwatch has played out in any of the last year. Yeah. No, I mean, not to pick on – man, we play out, pick on Blizzard like every week. They make it easy um, sometimes, to be fair. So with this, I think it's it's – it's not about hiding the code of conduct so much as it is trying not to draw attention to whatever happened. Right. And, and because uh, really, if you think about it, would it have been better for uh, Blizzard to, or the Boston uprising to release pedophiles without announcing them as being pedophiles. But, but I mean, yes, great. technically speaking, 
I mean, but but in all honesty, that one actually was broken out in the open before they had a chance to to um, to make that happen. But yeah. in general, like it's better to sweep these things under the rug uh, from a PR standpoint. I'm not saying it's better in general to do it, but from a PR standpoint, as a as a business, as a business is trying to to grow, uh, it's a way of saving face and doing it. The as someone who consumes the NBA 2K League uh, content, I do not, as a viewer... Wait, I was going to say, are you one of those people? ...deserve the right... Uh, deserve, sorry, deserve to know why, right? And that's, I think, what people are, you're, are kind of falling in the line, well, we need to know why he was let go. And I don't think that's something that they are entitled to. Interesting. So I would imagine there's some people in the media who would obviously argue against that point. They feel like we should get to know everything. I think what it initially shows is how much more media savvy the NBA is right? than Blizzard is. Because I imagine clearly it's either something we have missed or has not been made public in the way that some of the Blizzard Overwatch League stuff was, which is like to somebody be, saw it on a stream or something. Yeah, that to nature. be fair, the Blizzard stuff was already it kind of happened out in the wild before Blizzard uh, had a chance to, again, rein it in. Right. But that being said, it's still, I agree, a savvy move on the NBA's part. We don't know what it is. It could be something benign in the grand scheme of things. He could have got cheating. Probably. There's a bunch of things. Yeah. There's a bunch of good reasons not to raise that unless you are forced to. And this is definitely something you know we would see come out of, like say, an injury report that happens um, in the NBA and not wanting to immediately yeah. like talk about the injury until you knew exactly what was going on with it. So I think there's a lot of reason to do it the way that they did. And I, you know, I in general applaud this move, though I know it is not very uh, appealing, so to speak, for the media because they don't get their like tasty right. taste. But it or, must it, it had to have been something pretty severe if he's disqualified oh, yeah. from playing at all. I mean, you, to take your that's like. During the era of Michael Jordan, them just saying, Jordan is no longer allowed to play in the NBA. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute, why? One of the top players from a non-traditional gaming background. So, like, think about this for a second. He worked for the State Department, which means he's had to have a pretty clean background. So I'm very intrigued just from a story standpoint of what this was. Because you're right. It had to be something pretty juicy for them yeah. to do it. Now, if there's, a, if there's a follow-up in any way, shape, or form around how they maybe have to replay games or stripping of titles uh, then we start getting into the cheating arena yep. but if it's just simply a ban then there's Clippy. something .exe probably strikes again <laughs> damn you clippy oh speaking of disciplinary actions this is an interesting one and and we have not you know we're gonna get on valve's case for a little while we've not gotten on valve for a while but if you weren't paying attention a couple weeks ago first dota 2 minor of the season there was some very not great uh, chat situations going on, specifically specifically around racist remarks that were made towards Chinese players in two separate cases in chat, one in private and one in public chat, that were raised by the community. There was, you know, in one case, very, very visible on the stream. And what happened was is the community raised these issues. They were getting all over these players who participated, and they were pushing Valve to issue further punishment beyond what was issued by the original teams. And this is the part that I want to talk about because Valve comes out with this blog post called The Major and Professional Dota Players and basically says, 
yeah, you know, we don't condone that language, but and words carry lots of meaning, so we want to, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, blah, blah, blah. But the most important part of it is they basically said the onus is on the organizations to deliver what punishment they believe to be appropriate. Valve does not give any guidance on what that behavior that so triggers well. it should be or what the punishment should be. First, why did it take Valve so long to respond? And two, who even get, do you give a crap that they responded? Because this is Valve once again stepping back and not having the cojones to enforce rules and general just like best practices around esports and their games. So this is so Valve, right? Damn it. Uh, Valve, the, let's address the first thing. Valve works on Valve's time, and Valve generally likes to see if things just die out before they have to respond. I, we, they're sitting there literally with their fingers crossed going, I hope we don't have to respond to this. Right, right. We, we hope that that ends up being someone's grandfather's name, which they referenced, and so everybody was just wishing him well. We want to give them the benefit of the luck that they're all just Grandpa Ching well Chong is doing great. Yeah. yeah. To be clear, Ching Chong was the word that was typed into chat, yes. so you didn't just say that out, you know. No, whatever. that was, yes. Ching Chong was the thing that was written, and Grandpa right, right. Ching Chong does not exist. Okay, yeah. So, clarify <laughs> thank you so that i don't get a, a, a sternly worded email from Val. <laughs> right right next year you would have got the email that's true. by the way uh anyway like a year after we're fired i get a call from robert and he's like hey so we got this letter from valve they are very disappointed in you but there's no <laughs> disappointed in you and Sven. <laughs> yeah you and Sven. it's a good thing we kept that seven guy around <laughs> anyways uh so they do. They they work on on Val's time. I think part of it largely is around just the inner workings and the non hierarchy, but how just the how Valve operates. Um, basically, yeah, uh, it's a whole different beast. How or how not operates, depending on how you look at it. it. It basically boils down to: Does someone actually care enough to do a response, and who decides I'm going to be the response guy on this one? Uh, however, um, that may not be how it totally works right now. I'm sure they have a dedicated PR person because whatever, you don't want everybody. Yeah, to but PR. the way Valve works, that PR person may have decided that that's not their job this week and they've decided to work on <laughs> yes. environment art instead. Right, right. Uh, the, the second part, which is Valve backing out of issuing any kind of guidance on terms of how things should be uh, handled is both good and bad. It's I understand where they're coming from, right? Like, w these aren't our players. These aren't our teams. Like, you you all handle it. I get that aspect of it. And I think sometimes when uh, companies uh, do kind of come down on, on, on players or, uh, like, if Valve is to come down and, like, they, they don't come down and necessarily ban – they do ban CSGO players, but they don't influence, like, they can no longer play an ESL, whatever it may be. Uh, they've let ESL handle that because it's third-party tournament organizers. It's third-party teams. It's not inherent to them. Now, Blizzard doing it during Overwatch League is different because they own the league. It's their right. league. Yep. How, however, Valve is also monetarily backing these uh, these the things Dota like majors in, yep. the, in, the, in this Dota scene. And in doing so, you're putting your name behind how the, the the players and how these interact, which is probably the reason why this email or this blog post came out is because they are putting the pressure on there. They are backing it, and their and their name is somewhat tied to it. Now, the community, the Chinese community, really pressured them in some As they ways. Should have. That, in some ways that. Uh, no, I thought it was great. Yeah. They they gave six thousand negative reviews <laughs> on <laughs> Steam. <laughs> To basically get the attention of Valve. I 
I get tired of how often Valve is only around for the good and runs away from the bad when it comes about CSGO and Dota 2. They benefit tremendously in a lot of ways from their involvement in esports and the amount of people that still participate in their games. And I do think if it were not for CSGO esports, I don't know that that game would have the same longevity if it was just a game that we were playing that did not have a big competitive scene. And so I do think it's pretty shitty of them to be around when there's money to be made and attention to be had. But when things like this happen, they're like, well, we'll largely leave it up to the teams. And and to make sure that it doesn't go unmentioned, complexity was kind of one on on the actual punishment here, right? So complexity says they do not condone intolerance. Thanks, complexity. We appreciate that. Um, Of any kind, the player will receive a formal reprimand. Yes, literal quote, formal reprimand. And maximum fine we do not know how much that maximum fine is or what a fuck a formal reprimand actually matters at this stage of the game but complexity is not without fault here because they clearly did not come out as hard as i believe they should have either even if it was just enough to say that maximum fine was like twenty five thousand dollars and that dude only makes a hundred thousand dollars a year whatever the case may be but instead we just know maximum fine that could be 200 bucks <laughs> yeah this shows a big difference between how nba handles something how blizzard handles something and how valve just kind of like hope this goes away i know for all the crap we give blizzard at least blizzard tries in some cases it's true it's true and with valve i mean we saw how well that worked out with them in terms of gambling uh in state of washington how state washington's like yeah you're missing your deadline dude you gotta respond like really putting the pressure on them and then they respond back like uh we don't we can't handle anything and they're like no 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 you can <laughs> and see the the changes that were made like they didn't win that battle playing dumb they that, like to that environment dumb. artist decided to be a lawyer today <laughs> <laughs> right our environment artist uh, slash lawyer yeah that's it's uh that's just how titles go there i guess all right, so we're going to jump back to Blizzard for a little bit here. The uh, uh, Chengdu's Overwatch League team revealed its name and logo, which is the Chengdu Hunters. Uh, also joining on, on this is the uh, Hangzhou Spark, a.k.a. well, your your favorite team, uh, a.k.a. the Fighting Finger Guns. Uh, now, both of them have released their animal mascot logo slash logo. It's a, a, a angry panda, obviously, for the uh, Chengdu Hunters, because I don't know why I said obviously there. And Hangzhou <laughs> is clearly they the are hunters. <laughs> it's the, that weird finger gun thing. They released their colors and their brandings. Uh, what do you think? I know what you think, but I think the people in the podcast listening world need to hear. Okay, so I don't know if people have seen the spark yet, but you need to go and see the spark because it is a finger gun. And I was like, you know, we saw the finger gun. It was like a like dark turquoise when we saw the finger gun leak. No, the finger gun is bright freaking pink with bright freaking teal. So for those of you that say are sneakerheads like myself, the South Beach colorway that was from the LeBron sneakers back in the day, bringing the shoes into the game here. It is very reminiscent of those colors. They are very bright and very gaudy, and they are owning the finger gun. They are owning the bright pink. I have no freaking clue what any of that has to do with Sparks or the city. Maybe I'm just not seasoned enough on Chinese culture to know where that is coming from. Or somebody just said, what colors aren't people using in the Overwatch League at this point? Because the Chengdu Hunters basically copied the Seoul Dynasty's color scheme and Panda Global's logo and just said, here we go, we got an esports team. Though I will say, it is better executed than I initially saw from the leak. It is not as crayon drawing as it looked like in the leaks. Um, So it's definitely... 
I'm going to go out on a limb and actually say probably the strongest logo out of... Really? Yeah, yeah. The strongest logo. I don't like the Defiance. I don't like the Eternals. And clearly the Chi- the other Chinese teams have m- missed the Guangzhou and the uh, weird Lightning GZ thing. I actually think that they the Hunters actually have a pretty strong logo. And I look forward to people wearing that shirt. It'll have a giant finger gun on it. It'll be pink. And this it's not even the pink that bothers me. It's the pink in combination with like the crazy like teal. The blue and the white. Man, yeah. It's just like. I'm going to go out there and say I actually like it. I know I didn't tell you this for a show, but I, I kind of like when you, when you look Shouldn't at some this of the skins. Miami team? That might, yeah, the weird part is like this feels a lot like it was. Can the Florida moment. Mayhem and the Spark like change color branding? Right, right. Well, they don't want the Might crappier nice. logo. Let's be honest, like Mayhem have the worst logo. It's a little on the nose. I do think Finger Guns beat out in the worst logo category. Though. I, I think I think it's going to surprise. We used to think that the NYXL had a crappy logo, and then it actually worked out to be pretty cool. Okay, and look, then, just because you guessed there were two Overwatch heroes coming at BlizzCon does not mean you can just make all sorts of crazy predictions. Like, the this Spark's going to have the... The Spark I, I, this logo is, a, is not the NYXL logo. <laughs> this, I, th- I prefaced it with maybe it works out. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I think the color scheme works for some characters pretty well. They're kind of cool. Uh, is this because I screamed no too loud into your ears and now you're... Oh, man. No. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. I, I think it's actually uh, pretty uh, pretty cool. Oh, so I'm, I'm going to buy gonna you a Spark jersey when it's launched. I'm going to make you wear I'll it on take the a show. Free, I'll, take a, I'll take a free jersey, free Spark jersey. All right. All right. Finger guns for everybody. Gen G has announced the organization's new training facility in Seoul, Korea. The new seven-story building will act as a training facility for players and staff with the resources and equipment needed to practice at the highest level. Because, of course, why else would you say you were spending all that money? What are you thinking about these like mega training facilities? So we have seen this. I think Red Bull was actually probably the first real good example where they out in California had like their esports training facility, mm-hmm. very high tech and science. We see a lot of this in traditional sports. Does this actually almost serve an even bigger purpose in esports, or is this just like the new cool thing to do? I mean, we've seen, I think, like Liquid's done it. Uh, Cloud9 mentioned in the last funding round that they were going to build one out. I Echo Fox was going to, but then they had to sell it along with their FGC players. <laughs> Burn, man. Uh, all right. Anyway. You feel feisty tonight. You feel, say, do you feel better? You I, get I that feel great chest? after getting that out there. Well, you, you got me all triggered with the pink finger gun thing, so... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> God, I hope that is just what the crowd does. They just go pew pew, like when that's their cheer. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so I, I think, in a lot of ways, it's it's good to have your whole team in one area. I think what you'll likely see is the exit of the team house and more of these facilities, and let people actually live their own lives in God, general. I remember when that was a thing? The team house, yeah, yeah, that's scary. Um, but the thing is, is you know this. I, I'm hoping that with these comes more services like for like mental health and, and just health in general. And um, the regular supply of Adderall. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just there for fun. Yeah. The, uh, the Overwatch uh, teams, they get their own Adderall closet. Uh, no, I, I think that it, while we will probably see them more often or uh, see them coming up more now that uh, some of these esports teams are getting a lot more funding, they're getting in regular leagues and because a lot of these facilities house uh, other elements of the, uh, other aspects of the business, right? Like your marketing teams and mm-hmm. and, and such. And Rich so I, department I, I think if the, you're right. Somebody to just spray paint everything pink for you. Uh, 
I'm telling you, man. The episode title is just going to be Pew Pew. All right, there we go. We figured it out. Um, but that's all I really have to say on that. I think we'll see it. I think the team house is going away. And these I hope so. Did I tell on. you there was a team house in the apartment building I used to live in in San Mateo? Oh, really? It was so sad. There was nothing in there but a couch and like four desks. And those desks were all crammed into the living room. And just day and night, those guys were either playing games or outside on their porch vaping. That's literally how they spent their (laughs) lives. Was it Vainglory or what was it? I have no idea what it was, to be honest. I almost wanted to go up and ask them. Like, So I clearly can see this as a team house. Like, I will say, given the size of the apartment and the fact that it wasn't a house, it was just like a one-bedroom apartment in the first floor of this apartment complex I lived in in San Mateo, I'm going to go out and say it was probably not a major title. But Okay. Well, you were pretty close to a Super Evil Megacorp there, I was. You? I was. But I don't think that uh, Vainglory ever got to the levels of team houses for their organizations. I'd imagine it was like, I don't know, Heroes of the Storm or okay. Overwatch Contenders. I'm, I'm, or something I'm, of that nature. Yeah. Anyways, so we're going to talk a little bit more about things in your wheelhouse. I think you alluded to it Pink earlier. Finger guns. Pink finger guns. Uh, sneaker and streetwear brand Snipes Who? is launching a uh, its first mouse sports collection. And the German brand has employed rapper Rick Ross and DJ Premier to promote the partnership with a short anime film. <laughs> so streetwear, anime, and rap. Is this the right market? Is esports the right market for this kind of combo? So the answer is yes and no. Um, so we talked about this, and so we talked about the FGC, right? Like there is this perfect intersection of like hip hop, the fighting game community, and anime. That's why Dragon Ball Z has gone. You know, Dragon Ball Fighters is specifically has gotten so big in right. the FGC. Those are my peeps. Um, I will say when we're talking about shoe brand, no one's heard of. And rapper and DJ, no one has cared about in this decade. Um, that is where it kind of falls apart for me a little bit. Like, you know, no offense, but Rick Ross and DJ Premier are exactly at the peak of their game right now. And I guarantee you that even in the sneaker community in which I run, um, nobody has heard of Snipes. I had to Google who the hell Snipes were. I was like, I just, you know, they're not. Is it that same same dude spray painting vans? It is. You're right. It's the TSM guy. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, I whatever. This is just silly. I mean, good on mouse sports. I guess it's better than having nothing. I mean, it's not as cool as like Uzi being in a in a ad with LeBron James. Definitely not that level, but sure, Rick Ross, whatevs. It kind of reminds me of like uh mouse sports joining up with some like off brand like I don't know. I what what, think, is, like, what is the store brand of Cheez-Its? No, no, no. Like like off brand like uh actual like peripheral people that are like the it's like like Targets or something. Not Targets is off brand, but like Wow, wow, they're what our sponsorship opportunity. I'm no, I'm just saying like super off brand like you see for like uh, I don't know. You see it like a mouse at a grocery store for like four ninety nine. You're like, oh, look at that. But it's mouse sports brand. Microsoft. Okay, you just made that up. Sounds I did. Good. I totally made it up. But it's just as valid that, as the mouse that you found at you the go. grocery store. So Artifact had a preview tournament this past weekend. It recorded 39,000 peak viewership. So from November 10th to the 11th was the first test for Televise Artifact through the APT, the Artifact Preview Tournament, organized by Valve, which means that nobody had any rules and everybody was allowed to say whatever they wanted to in chat. Uh, And beyond the summit, the event was a 128-man or woman gauntlet marathon with the goal to attract as many potential Artifact fans as possible. Um, So... First round out, obviously Artifact has had a bit of a troubled beta experience, um, though people have definitely been like voracious for the game. We, we talked a little bit like beta codes for a while. We're like selling right. like hotcakes. So specifically when it comes to esports, 
do you see anything here that tells you, oh, maybe Artifact will overtake Hearthstone? You know, Hearthstone's definitely having a big of a down period. We talked about it though, largely because it was the global games, but a very low viewership number of Hearthstone at BlizzCon, as we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, what's your take on Artifact? Does this look good? Does this look bad? Or is it, like, too early to tell? So, uh, judging by some of the comments I saw on Twitter from people who are really active in Hearthstone, uh, I think my favorite one that I, I, I pointed out, I retweeted, was the fact that uh, uh, someone had mentioned in in watching Artifact and seeing Artifact being presented from a tournament standpoint makes you really uh, makes you understand the things that you've taken for granted that Hearthstone just does, right? And I've mentioned before in my playthrough of of Artifact. Um, I enjoy playing Artifact quite a bit. Um, it's a, it's a fun game. It feels like you're playing against a player, not a deck, if that makes sense. Um, but what I also mentioned was that in before I had the chance to play it, I could not understand what was going on, and so it's really hard to reason from a viewer standpoint if you've never played the game. It, right, and, and Hearthstone uh, from the get go. One of their tenets was you had to have this kind of like over the shoulder understanding of what the game yep, was about. Yep. You need to be able to see um, and and understand what's going on without necessarily understanding each and every single card. And so uh, I think that's where Artifact uh, falls short. That's uh, a comment that I made before. And I think, judging by viewership numbers and some of the reactions, that people who kind of tuned in before the start of it didn't get to see the buildup and get the understanding. And so tuning in mid-match, you're pretty well lost. And I think that's the hurdle that Artifact will have to overcome to even come close to Hearthstone numbers or to surpass it. And I think it's going to take some growing uh, growing pains and some, some diving into it and making some quality of life improvements for it to reach that point. Now, it's Valve. It probably won't happen for a very long time. Well, and how much of this is... So we talked a little bit about this in the past around Artifact, but the, you know, the designer, one of the key designers to Artifact comes from Magic the Gathering, one of yes. the creators of Magic the Gathering. And we felt like that this has had an impact on things like the microtransaction model and being very old school in that everything is like pack-based and you don't get a whole lot for your money from the beginning. How much of this also, like ignorance potentially, to how it is viewed as an esport and how easy it is to pick up when you're like looking over the shoulder? How much of this comes from the fact that this, you know, the design team is at least somewhat rooted in old school, you know, trading card game mentality where those things aren't as big of a deal? They don't worry about that when it comes to like the MTG. So I I don't know if it's been discussed uh, around how you trade cards or if you have to use like the Valve marketplace. I don't know. I can't. I'm not 100 percent certain if that was discussed or not. I know you can't like dust cards and make other new cards. It's literally and you don't cards. earn cards by just by playing. Everything right. is microtransactions, and, and those things will likely change. Right. I think coming out of the gate, they want to say like this is our model. This is how we're going to do things. Largely to be different, but I feel like it's it is uh, it's essentially a, a backfire like, because people if historically said like with hearthstone like why can't i have more packs why is it why is the the dust ratio to card uh to card type so low right you and i think that um when, two things here i think more than two but today we're just going to limit it down to two because whatever uh people even when they're given people given free packs love it Right, the the free packs of cards, even if it's six packs, which is really not much more than maybe eight dollars worth of stuff, people are just like, "Oh, this is the best thing ever!" Thanks, yeah. awesome, I, I got it. Uh, but at the same point in time, 
it's only a matter of maybe a month or two till they're like, I want more free stuff, right? <laughs> or that is, it gets lost. Um, I, I think because they're coming from a traditional card game background, they're already playing into some of the things that make having an electronic TCG uh, far better than having the traditional card game because you can do things like changing of cards, giving free cards and, and dusting cards and making new things. I think those are really cool things uh, that has a benefit because you're digital, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not, uh, you don't have the restrictions of the physical medium has given right, you. Right. And Hearthstone and, has rewritten a lot of those rules that maybe are not necessarily being abided to an artifact. Right. And I think that they could benefit from those. I would love to have seen them actually go a little bit further with that mm-hmm. and not just kind of fall back to traditional tropes. Yep. Well, so, we'll see. yep, yep, yep. Uh, another news uh, earlier this week, PGL, the organizers behind the Kuala Lumpur Major, responded to a tweet saying that they had invited TI winner OG to the close qualifier for the event, but OG declined to take part in the tournament. So, is it a sign of confidence that OG decided to do it, uh, or do you think uh, they they maybe are? On the fence, being a little they, cl- being yeah, a little cocky, yeah, are they being cocky about it. Well, so they responded. Let, let's read their start with their response first. So Jer asked from OG responded to the speculation, saying that they wanted to quickly comment about not playing in the first major. Most of us had the feeling uh, that we needed to take our time off from Dota and traveling and spend time for other things that we love. It's been an insane road, and now it's time for a pit stop. I, I can't disagree with this approach yeah. right like I, it's very easy to say you're the defending champs no one believed that you were going to win the international anyway so why aren't you like running with that momentum and the reality is is esports can be a grind and this is the very beginning of the season right you know we're we got a long road to the next international they're gonna be back anyway because they won i believe so like why i yes you want more playing time together you want to continue to develop as an organization but there's no reason for them to kill themselves and i applaud them for taking a break like let the other teams go in let them suffer burnout let them go through the fact that they didn't win the international when a lot of them were favored like vp for example and let them try to work out those problems but we're feeling pretty good about ourselves and we'd rather get some mental time and not burn out and would then refocus on dota later how do you argue with that i think a lot of people the reaction to this is twofold i think they're kind of that oh, maybe you, you're not as good, you're afraid to prove it kind of thing. Uh, but there's also some some precedent that's been set. I think it was uh, 2016 winners, Wings Gaming. Do you remember this? This is the team that won it, and then like three days later got kind of caught Compl- up in the roster apocalypse. Yeah, but basically imploded for all intents and purposes. Right, and then were reformed about three days later. I think someone else kind of held out for like two weeks. And then they just decided, hey, we don't want to play anymore. And like four months later, disbanded without ever returning back to any real tournament. And so I think people got slightly worried like, oh, uh, we've made all this money. Peace out. We're gone from gaming uh, or we're gone from the Dota 2 scene uh, in particular. I don't think that's the case with OG. I think they are, are willing to take that break. There's some strategy stuff to it as well, although it is super early in the season, like giving away like, Strategy. comps and strategies and things uh, like the, that. The so meta that. changes so much between now and then. Like. Right. So it, that's that's kind of a far-fetched. If they given that reason, I would have called shenanigans. But I, I think that... Uh, I I'd think call shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Uh, I think that it's it makes sense 
to to give your people a break. It's I mean, you move. just made a ton of money. Do you, you did, really? You do you really need to just push it? Well, and there's uh, some tough competition, right? You got you have PSG, LGD, as well as Virtus Pro and Evil Geniuses. Both PSG and Evil Geniuses were the top three alongside OG and and uh, the International this past year. So it would not have been an easy path. Um, so again, like I think a good move for them in general. Um, another thing worth noting: uh, one of our listeners wanted us to point this out. They they believe that you incorrectly referred to Evil Geniuses as the Cinderella story, uh, despite them having a good run at the international and actually TNC Predator. Um, very unexpected and, and currently still remaining in the uh, remaining six teams. So I was a bit trolling, but also I would say that Evil Geniuses uh, would love to have seen them win Ti. So. <laughs> That's to true. them, they'll take a win. <laughs> that, that is true, but they're they're you know they're on point to potentially uh, take home the first major. So we'll we'll see how this plays out. We'll get those results uh, when things wrap up in the major. So as always, you can catch us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. You can just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. Uh, programming note, we will not be back uh, next Thursday, so you will have Monday show, but we are taking Thanksgiving off both from the Daily and from eLeague Report. Our bosses have said that we can come out of the closet. You can turn the heat on. You turn the heat on, you can eat your turkey, but then get back in there on Monday, so it's only a short vacation for us. <laughs> Uh, as always, when you're over there uh, listening to the show, make sure to check us out on iTunes. Tell us what you think of the show by leaving a five-star review. We appreciate all the ones people have been leaving. They really help people uh, discover the show, which is great. We yeah, Sven's getting great feedback. You know, I, I've heard that the that Sven is a, everyone's favorite part of the show. Quality act. Yes. Classy guy. And, of course, you can follow us. Actually, we have a new home on social media worth mentioning. You can follow us at E-League TV. We are really moving on up in the world. We are now at E-League TV on Twitter and Instagram. We have been brought into the mothership. I feel accepted and uh, supported. Yes. Wow. It sounded so scripted. It's like they told you to say that. And, of course, you can find us on Discord at <laughs> discord.eleaguereport.com. And if that's not enough esports content for you, be sure to check out E-League Daily for the day's top headlines available at Amazon Echo Flash Briefing or in regular old podcast form. But that's going to do it for this week. We will be back on Monday with the news and the weekend's results on the next edition of the E-League Report.